1: what's going on folks toys and tech of the trade your one-stop shop for toys tech and talk is brand new for your consumption this week i'm your host rich and if this is your first time checking out an episode first of all welcome second of all a bit about what we do here Toys and Tech of the Trade is an interview series where we sit down with content creators, entrepreneurs, and just kick-ass folks on our radar and discuss the gadgets and gear that they use to create their content, run their business, and just make their lives a little bit easier. When it comes to toys, we like to use a broad description here, not just action figures, Funko Pops, the usual stuff, but other things that are considered toys in some capacity, you know, cars, trucks, knives, Uh, things of that nature. Our definition of toys here is a little broad, so sometimes we like to just say toys in quotes. All right, now that we've brought you up to speed on what we do here, a little bit of housekeeping before we jump into this week's guest. First off, I'd like to thank those of you that have uh, bared with us as we transition our Rageworks.net site and build out the Rageworks Podcast Network site. Uh, That's been something that taken a little longer than we would have liked, uh, for a couple of different reasons. And because obviously I'm i I'm a one man show with, with certain things on, on the back, on the back end. Um, you know, it, it definitely kind of affected certain things. Uh, the release schedule of this podcast being one of them, obviously, uh, being, having, having the time to book guests and everything else has just been a, uh, it was, it was a little tough to manage. So now that we kind of took some time, got the site, running, you know, I, I want to say at least 90% optimally, even 95. There's still little tweaks and things that I can make on the fly as the site is live. Overall though, you know, the move to the to the site for all of our shows is probably one of the things I genuinely should have done a long time ago just because it allows people to just go one-stop shop, pop in, get whatever shows they want, check out some new ones. Uh, look around the site look for archives and things of that nature not that that couldn't be done on rageworks.net but we it, you know it's also tied into some of the other stuff on the site and it just it just made things a little too busy um, in my opinion in addition to that I also wanted to add that we you know moving over especially with more emphasis on you know sports shows wrestling etc we were losing that connection between our written content and our video content and everything else and our shows there was no cross promotion or very minimal just because our coverage has changed you know where uh, rage works is no longer covering mma or wrestling uh we moved away from that for a bunch of reasons which i can always discuss in another episode if you guys are curious but That's not what you guys are here for. Uh, Nonetheless, you know, I want to thank those of you that reached out, gave me feedback, uh, little pointers, little tips and tricks to just make it a better experience for you guys. And as always, you know, the Rageworks Podcast Network is for all of you, the listener and the viewer. And um, if you guys have any feedback, please feel free to reach out uh, via social or via email. And, um, you know, definitely would love to hear your thoughts if there's anything that jumps out that we can do better. Um as you've seen, if you've been on the site, we have all of our existing shows uh moved over some of our older my take radio archives just because uh that stuff needs to have a home even though it exists on iTunes et cetera but it needs a website home as well uh some of our other spin offs also are being moved over plus there's some podcast launches on the horizon and maybe some new shows on deck as well so um you know little teasers for for you guys nonetheless. We have a regular broadcast schedule going forward, which is bi-weekly every other Wednesday. Um, And everything else is all systems go. So unless something changes, you will see a new episode. Uh, This episode is being released on Wednesday. So two weeks from this Wednesday, you will be checking out another brand new episode of toys and tech of the trade. All right. That wraps up the housekeeping for this episode. Let's switch gears and jump right into this week's guest. My guest on this week's Toys and Tech of the Trade is a uh, good friend and, and a colleague who's actually we became acquainted through of all things a podcast group. Uh this individual has his hands in regular radio but now jumped into podcasting head first, has been killing it with his uh basketball drives with Mike Biseglia Podcast. So without further ado, let's learn about the Toys and Tech of the Trade of Mike Biseglia. Mike, what's going on, buddy?
2: Hey, not too much. Thank you so much for
1: having me on the podcast. Looking forward to it. Yeah, I'm very, you know, I've been looking forward to having this conversation with you just because we've been talking about podcasting off air over, you know, the last few months. And the concept for your show is, is crazy because it's, uh, it's basically Uber Eats. It's, it's like Tales from the Road, so to speak. mixed in with a nice healthy dose of sports talk, uh, a lot of it being basketball related. And first off, you know, I want to get into the origin story of why did you start that of all things and why that concept?
2: Well, it's funny. Uh, So I'll take it back about like 10 years or so. uh, I lived in Charlottesville, Virginia, and I was in local radio there. Uh, Charlottesville is where the University of Virginia is. A lot of it was sports talk for UVA. And I met my best friend in my whole life, um, Leon. Leon Oliver there, and him and I were in local radio. We didn't make much money, but we had a blast. We had a lot of fun, and we started talking a lot, and we did a podcast, and it was called Outside the Box with Mike and Leon, and we did this, like, this is like, 12 years ago now, uh, and I'm, so I, I still get, like, irritated at myself that we didn't keep going, but that was the first podcast I did, and fast forward now, I'm in New York, I'm a producer for CB Sports Radio, and during this lag time, I always wanted to do another podcast, but I didn't want to do something forced. I didn't want to do something that I didn't feel was original to me. And just to do a podcast to do one, I didn't want to do that. Uh, I've always had a love for podcasts. I've listened to them and, uh, I respect everybody that does one. I think it's awesome. I love listening to them. I love listening to my commute, my drive. Uh, but I didn't know what my voice was. Uh, so fast forward again, and this is, I guess it's about now three or four months ago, uh, with my hours as a morning show producer, which I am for CBS Sports Radio, Taz and the Moose in the mornings on CBS, I really had the whole day free. Uh, and I wanted to make a little extra income, and I wanted to have some, something I could do in the afternoons and in the evenings uh, with that time. Uh, and I didn't want to have a job that was set with hours, because just with my other full-time job, I wanted to make sure I was flexible in case something came up. And my wife had the idea, why don't you become an Uber driver? Uh, couldn't do the Uber because my car actually has too many miles on it. So we looked into some of this Uber. Yeah, exactly. So the car is not safe enough for people apparently, but burritos is fine. So (laughs) she said, let's, let's do the, let's, let's, let's look into this, uh, the food delivery service. So there was one other food delivery service we looked into. I actually couldn't get on it because it was, um, they had too many drivers. The name's escaping me, which one it was, but did the process, got on Uber Eats. And away we went, started doing it for a couple of weeks. And I thought to myself, I am seeing some really interesting stuff. And I was like, wow, I, I would love to tell the stories of what I'm seeing on these drives. I think that would make for a fascinating listen. And then I'll sprinkle in some of my basketball talk, which uh, that way I have a voice with the hoops. And then the name basketball drives came together. And I'll say this about the Uber thing. I wasn't sure about it. I love it. I, I really love doing it. And now I, with the podcast connected with it, uh, it's like a double whammy. So I get excited when I go out on, on a trip because you never know what story is going to happen.
1: Oh, yeah, absolutely. I think I think that's one of the most interesting parts. And, and the beauty of it is that you share uh, the good and the bad, you know, warts and all. So – for somebody that's looking number one to get into that type of a side hustle, it's good because it kind of gives them an inside peek at what's going on. And if they happen to be a sports fan, when well, hell, well, hell, it's a one-two punch for them.
2: Yeah, exactly. So I, I, I can't say like the reception from people and everybody connecting with me, saying how much they enjoy it. From like my wife's aunt, retweeted me like I'm listening to your podcast, and I get like. Other family members, just people I haven't heard from in college years ago reaching out to me. The love, the love has been tremendous, and it scratched, it's scratched it itch for me that I sort of miss being a producer. I don't talk as much on there, so it's been nice to have a voice about something that I really care about and that I also think is uh, definitely unique.
1: Now, going going to that aspect of, of you being a producer, what, what... – Got you into the radio business? Like, was that something you, you that you gravitated towards in high school, or or was it something that you kind of just got thrust into because maybe you did an internship or something, and all of a sudden, boom, the bug hit you.
2: The, the I, I I grew up in New Jersey, and I became the biggest basketball fan. And my dad and I were like, well, we can't get. Tickets to see the Knicks because they're sold out and too expensive. But we live about 10 minutes from this place called the Brendan Byrne Arena where the Nets play. They're terrible, but we can go see their games. It's a lot easier to go see the other great players. Uh, so let's go check out this basketball. Let's go check out the Nets. And I fell in love with them. Uh, there was a player named Drazen Petrovic uh, who unfortunately tragically passed away in a car accident. But he got me so into the Nets that I became obsessed with them. And I remember my dad and I actually ended up going to an NBA all-star game that was in, it was in Orlando. It was wow. a, we went to the two, we went to the Orlando one. And I remember there was something you could do where you could, uh, they had it set up at one of like the all-star festivities where you could, they would give you a, one of the greatest plays in NBA history. And you would sit there and they'd mic you up with the headphones, and you would pretend to be the broadcaster and you would recreate the call that happened. And I remember doing that. I was like, oh, my God, this is so much fun. And from that, I kind of got the itch to do play-by-play. It then sort of morphed into sports talk radio as I listened to growing up as a kid on WFAN. And from there, I said, I, I want to get involved in sports talk. Uh, it's a way to not really having a job. You talk about sports and uh, away from there. And, and that's sort of what created the buzz.
1: Now, how did you – what was your, uh, your first production job? What did you end up doing first? What was the first thing you did in production?
2: So after I graduated, uh, I went to Syracuse. and After I graduated Syracuse University, I I tried my best to do like on-air TV jobs actually at the time. So try to be like a sports anchor in different towns. So we actually, crazy enough, had a uh, fill-in professor one day. And he's like, I know how tough it is to find jobs. I know it's impossible. I know you can't really do it. I know it, 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 it seems like it's a daunting task. But here's an idea. Drive across the country with your with your resume. So instead of just sending out tapes and not connecting with people, set up appointments where you go to different uh, locations. So my cousin and I, after I graduated college, I drove up and down the coast, basically. Uh, Oh, that's a little bit too far. But we we went up and down a little bit and dropped off my resume tapes in Tennessee, and uh, you know, in Georgia. And in Virginia, and I I mentioned before Charlottesville, Right. one of the places that we ended up going to was Charlottesville, Virginia, and I fell in love with the area. And I didn't get a job there or anything, but it just so happens one of my best friends uh, growing up, he was actually going to move to Charlottesville because he wanted to be with his girlfriend who was in her senior year of college, and he was going to find a job there. And I said, you know what, I'm going to tag along with you. Uh, I don't really have a job yet. I don't have a job in radio, but you know what? I don't want to be at my house kind of just idling around, getting in my parents' way. Let me find a job in that area and I'll look for other jobs at the same time. So I found a job at, at a place called Mincer's, which is like the UVA, um, in the little town where you can buy like sweatshirts and hoodies and hats and all like overpriced merchandise <laughs> that, that you know you have to have for your family that you're like, how is this hoodie $65? But yep. I ended up working there. Uh, And then I lived with my friend. And during this whole time, I just kept pestering and bugging the local radio station that was there. And eventually, uh, over time, a job opened up where I got to answer the phone calls for the local morning show. So my first job in radio, after pestering the local station, WINA 1070 AM, they gave me a job where. All right. Call screen for the local morning show there in Charlottesville.
1: That's fantastic. And then from there, I guess you just learn the ins and outs right now. You you consciously went to school not for um radio broadcasting, right? You were going to school to try and get sports anchor job, correct?
2: Yeah. So, you know, when you go in there, I, I knew I wanted to do sports, sports talk. But the way that the, the school worked in a lot of ways was they gave you had a lot of opportunity to do TD anchoring. So a lot of what I did, or almost, fell into that lap, and uh, I didn't have as much radio experience at the time. But I knew, you know, once I graduated college and I was looking for a job at that point, you know, it didn't matter if it was TV, radio. I just wanted to make sure that I could find myself getting into, uh, into the in, into the medium or into the media, and from there, just let you know my hard work and everything take its place from that way, but. Uh, I'm glad it went the radio route because I I think it's a lot more fun and it was meant to be, but yeah, at that point I was like, whoever will take me, I'll take a job and lucky enough, uh, the radio station.
1: Nice. And now as you were, as you were learning work in the switchboard, obviously it's your first time working a switchboard on a radio station. What was the, what was the learning curve? And I'm assuming you became a sponge and started learning every other aspect, right?
2: Yeah, it's a fun question because I, I can remember having like really bad anxiety over learning like the board. So you look at it and it looks, it looks like you're running a spaceship. I'm like, how am I going to learn how to run this audio board? And then slowly it's like, you can take all the notes you want. You can be prepared if you want reading everything over, but you have to do it just like yeah. anything else. And then I started to do it and I was like, I'm really digging this. It's just really fun. And then I just, I fell in love with running the audio board and running the board. I, I like salivate over it and crave doing it. It was so much fun. I enjoyed like fading in and out, playing drops. Uh, turning the people's mics on and off. So I got used to it and I, and, I, and I learned it, but I can tell you right away when I first saw that, I was like, I'm never going to be able to learn how to do this. I was terrified.
1: The And, and the funny thing with stuff like that is, especially with this, with the rise of podcasting, it's, it's you know, I, I respect what you do more so because the traditional route... You you went that route because it's it's a source of employment. Plus, you right. wanted anything. If you enjoy what you do, it's never work. You know, so right. So I, I exactly again, you have my utmost respect with that because when when I learned and countless other people are learning, it's like you got to learn how to be audio producer, promoter. You got to learn how to talk behind the microphone oh, technique. It's insane. Yeah, you definitely do. And I
2: think for me, I know going to Charlottesville, which was Market One Eighty Four. They made you do everything. And you had to learn how to run a board, learn how to screen calls, learn how to set up a remote on location, learn how to edit audio, learn how to talk on the air. I mean, you had to do everything. And what was great about it was it wasn't as much of a high pressure situation. So you could really learn on the job. And I am so grateful for that experience to just get my hands into everything that I could. I, I, I do feel grateful for that. And I do think that it helped me ultimately uh, get better at my craft because. You had to do everything. I mean, it was from from taking the cars and and get going to the car wash, and then at the same day, you're on air doing a sports report. So it didn't matter. It was, I thought that was kind of cool.
1: Yeah, I think that, that cross-training is important. And, you know, it's the old 10,000-hour rule. If you do it enough, you know, you become proficient yeah. at it. And I think that, you know, for, for you and for many other people that are looking to get in that space, I think that it's tough because a lot of people, they'll say, oh, you know, I could just start a podcast and get discovered. And it's like, yeah, but that doesn't always necessarily work, you know?
2: No, that's a great point. Yeah, no. And then uh, for me, when I have started this podcast, I have all this training as being a producer uh, for a national morning show. So uh, I know I don't have to, I, uh, as far as the in and outs of putting it together and making the podcast sound as profi- uh, proficient and professional as it can, I, I've got so many skills and ideas. So that, that crossover is definitely helps
1: yeah i'm sure i'm sure that that's the uh that's one of those things where you know it's the it's a little bit of the uh the, you're not a rookie in the game
2: <laughs> no no not yeah no no definitely not because you know like if i if i want to edit out my sound i just edit out my sound i don't have to to anybody for help i want to smooth out what i thought i eh, i don't know if i like that i said that Maybe i should get rid of that eh, i don't know if that really worked uh i can do i can make all the changes and with the podcast now, I'm starting to add like sound elements on the road when I talk to people. So I, I kind of have a plan in my head. I'm, I'm producing it and voicing it, and it's like my brain is kind of firing in all cylinders with that.
1: Do you structure out your podcast in advance? Do you storyboard or anything like that, or do you just go off the cuff with a kind of like an idea, a loose blueprint?
2: Yeah, it's a good question. So what I do is I take everything that happened from the week and I, I, I jot down all the notes, and then from there I create an outline. So I'll see everything that happened and I'll structure in my head how I want the podcast to go. So I'll take my notes that happened from the day, everything that I want to incorporate in the podcast. And then I have a structured outline. Uh, and once that outline is created, uh, then I go ahead and record the podcast. But I, my fear is if I don't jot down my notes, that I'll I'll forget something that, that happened because my memory is not good enough just to be like, all right, I'm just going to talk. I need to have I need to have notes down to make sure that I get everything across. That I want to talk about.
1: And what are you taking your notes on your phone, or are you just writing in a notepad, or?
2: Yes, so I use the uh, the notes section of my iPhone. I'll use that. So if something happens on a delivery, I'll just go into the notes section that I've created and I'll type in, you know, like, "All right, guy came out uh, only in his underwear when I dropped off the burger." Uh, I definitely want to talk about that experience. Dog came and jumped and almost bit my head off want to talk about that. Make sure to jot that down. Oh, I just had a thought about this story uh, from my days when I was a big basketball fan. And after a game, I followed a player home one time. True story. Uh, Stuff like that.
1: Gotcha. So so then, and then your outline, you structure that. How do you end up doing that? Are you doing that on, on the computer, creating an outline? Or you just have an outline written out and then you kind of just populate as you go?
2: So I actually have a notebook that I keep. I like writing this down and I turn every page, like episode one, episode two. I have a notebook down that's that, um, that's my outline and I just write everything in there. And I like having, I don't know what it is, but like for my national show, I produce a rundown every morning. It's all typed out, uh, you know, it's it's on paper. We print it because I'm handing it out to multiple people. So that's what I'm used to. But for whatever reason, I really enjoy writing down my notes in a notebook for this podcast. It's kind of therapeutic. I like it.
1: And one thing that's, you know, and so, and some people are, might do this. And I'd be curious to know where you stand on it. Are those notebooks, do you intend as you fill them to keep them as like a, Hey, you know, these were my notes from this episode or do you just feel yeah. like like once it's in the can, it's out the door.
2: No, exactly. I, I like that. I'm, I, I plan on keeping these kind of like a journal of all the notes, uh, you know, so I can be like, Oh my God, there was episode one. There was episode four. I'm a, I'm a big fan of notebooks in that sense. Like for my radio show. Also, I keep a, a notebook of all the guests that I have booked so I can go back and be like, "Oh, on October third, twenty seventeen, we had uh, this guest on the show." And I, I think it's important just to keep those logs of everything. And I like the idea of like when I'm actually doing my podcast too. If there's something I wanted to reference from another podcast, I can just flip the page, go back and look at it. And it's fun to keep all these journals. I'm, I'm a big. My wife gets annoyed by it, but I have all this crap now piled up. But I, I just can't help myself.
1: Now, going into the the gear aspect, I wanna I wanna talk a little bit about you know, how you set up your show and structure it. So obviously you take your notes and you outline. Now, what are you doing? Do you just have a a mic set up at home or do you record, uh, you know, anything into your phone and then use that audio? How do you, how do you structure that portion out?
2: So that's a good question. And there's a couple of components that go into it. I'll start with the bigger one. As far as just voicing my podcast, I will, what I do is I actually do my podcast in my car and what I'll do is I'll drive to a certain location that's been one of the bigger Uber Eats drop-offs of the week. So I'll drive out to, let's say, Nutley, New Jersey, and I'll park outside of the uh, Nutley Diner or anywhere around it where I can park, and I'll record my podcast in my car. It's my, two, it's my wife's 2007 Toyota RAV4. I bring my laptop into the into the car. I then have a uh, microphone that I uh, plug into the laptop, I record into audacity, and I just go from there and I do the podcast in the car. Uh, as far as some of the other elements, you know I'll do an interview, and sometimes that interview I haven't done in my car yet, which I, I'd like to do, but it's just it's been tough to coordinate that, but I'll talk to people in the radio station. Uh, i'll do, I'll interview them there live, I'll sometimes call people from the radio station and just set everything up into the audio board there. And then from that, you know, I'll take those elements. I'll edit that later in post-production. Some of the other sound I I referenced, like I'll be on the road. And, uh, for example, in this previous episode, there was somebody, he he was joking around. This kid started saying, you stole a fry of mine. You stole a fry of mine from McDonald's. So I said, you know what? I want to interview right now. So I take out my iPhone. We went back and forth, interviewed him as he accused me of stealing a French fry. Take that audio again, save it to my iPhone. And then put it back in post-production. So in the car for the main parts of it, where I'm doing the podcast interview is typically uh, through a computer and an audio audio board. And then some of the other fun audio clips that come in, people are emailing me, sending me, or I'll randomly find somebody on the, uh, on the street and we'll just talk.
1: That's, that's, that's pretty crazy. Now, now what are you, you're using a, uh, just a regular like windows laptop or are you going a uh, MacBook?
2: I'm using just a regular Windows um, Windows computer. It's a Dell, and uh, you know, just straight into that. Nothing fancy, no, no bells and whistles, but it does the job. And you know, Audacity has been good so far. Knock on wood. Uh, record right into the uh, into the laptop, save it, and uh, you know, edit edit from there. But nothing nothing too nuts. And uh, you know, all, funny too, like all this stuff is all my white, like the car is my wife's old car, hand-me-down to me. Laptop, my wife's laptop, hand-me-down to me. But the <laughs> microphone I did by myself.
1: What mic did you end up getting?
2: Uh, so I ended up getting, it's just a, um, a lav mic insignia, And I just clipped it onto my shirt. I had first started using a microphone um, that I had before. Um, and I was holding it in the car. But the problem was like, when you're doing a podcast that long and I'm sitting in my car, I mean, my arm was getting so tired. I was like, this, I can't do this anymore. This is ridiculous. So I was like, let me get a hands free mic, clip it to my shirt, and then there's nothing else to worry about. I could be more hands free and not, you know, have these like huge raging biceps from doing my podcast. (laughs)
1: That's, (laughs) I, 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 I like the approach. And now when you're going home and doing post production, are you still using Audacity for your post production workflow too?
2: I am, yeah. So I'm just doing everything through Audacity post production. Um, and just taking all the elements, I'll email them to myself, put them on the laptop and then mix them down add sound. And, uh, you know, it's, um, takes a couple of hours, but if you're organized and you have everything together, uh, put it all, put it all down, mix it down. And that's a really nice feeling when it's all, when it's all done.
1: What's the, what's the, the biggest hurdle you've had doing the podcast this way? What's the, one of the biggest challenges you've had? Oof, that's a that's a good question.
2: Um, I would say for me, it's the it's the time, and then getting and and to my myself getting too overly critical of everything, mm. and probably needing to take the approach of you don't have to smooth everything out. It's okay if something's not perfect. And I find myself sometimes listening to like, oh, I said um a couple times there. I should get rid of it. And then <laughs> in retrospect, I have to learn that's not that important. It's the content that is because I'll just, I, I might end up being there for a long, long amount of time that I don't need to be. Um, and, and I think that has something I, I still need to improve on or else it, it could go on forever.
1: Yeah. Well, you know, it, I, I'm actually glad you said that one, one thing I learned over time and somebody told me this was, um, paralysis analysis where you're, mm. where you're being so critical about every aspect that you end up just doing nothing because you're spending all your time being critical of it. So it's funny you say exactly. that. Cause I get caught up. I get caught up in that too. And I can, I can empathize greatly. I mean, especially being from New York, uh, I'll try to cut out the, the, you know what I'm saying? Cause that's, a, <laughs> right. that's a New York staple. <laughs> and I'm sure, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm sure, I'm sure being around, being around uh, Taz and those guys doing radio, you hear that one often, the ums too. And, and the funny thing about it is that, I remember I went through a phase much like you where I edited every um out and it mm. sounded so robotic that I was just right. like, yeah, maybe not. So sometimes right. I leave it in there for a little more of a natural sound because I think at the end of the day, to to reinforce the point you drove home, it's it's about the content, man. As long as the content right. is good and you're engaging, people look past some of those crutches. I mean, as long as your audio is crisp. It ends up being that the crutches become part of the the show. If you don't do it, I think people would be upset.
2: (laughs) Yeah, right. No, exactly. It's so true because I'll just be sitting on my couch and I'm like going through all this stuff. And I just sometimes go, Mike, you have to stop this. You're going to be here forever. Like, it's okay. The
1: fade was okay.
2: (laughs) Nobody's listening is going to be like, oh, man, you faded that too fast. I'm done with this podcast. Nobody cares. And I just have to reinforce that to myself.
1: Yeah, it's so tough and I and I based on what you're saying your your wife is very supportive of this endeavor, right? She like she didn't, Yeah. That's that's very cool. Nothing helps like having a a supportive partner, especially for this stuff, man, because you get trapped in your own head.
2: Yeah. You no, know, she she's been she's been amazing and she is the I've never met somebody that listens to podcasts more than her. So her support to me has been great. Well, you know, she she's almost become like my my, my associate producer. She had some she has some ideas, some concepts, and she's helped me make this podcast uh, besides even supporting me, which has been awesome, just come up with ideas. And I'm like, oh, it was like, oh, that's a really good idea. I like that. Let's let's uh let's add that into the podcast. Cause she's listened to so many of her own and so many successful podcasts. She has she's like, you know what, this this guy does this, and then I'll say, Oh, it's a great idea. Let me do my version of that or my idea of that. And bouncing ideas off of her uh, has, has been tremendous. And, and again, like, like you said too, yeah, she's been super supportive of it and is, um, has been helpful in so many ways. Like I, I really could not have done this without her It sounds cheesy and cliche, but it's true.
1: No, I mean, listen, uh, I doing, doing this as long as I have, you know, my, my, my wife, who was my fiance, who was my girlfriend at the time. It's like, mm. you know, a lot of times that, that, you know, that bed is empty because I'm editing at 2am, right. you know, and that's, that's yeah. what happens. And, and having that it helps it's it's incredibly helpful especially if you're trying to turn this from a passion project into your day-to-day see in your case it's good because you have that opportunity to be to to leverage your creative outlet in your real job but you also get to mm-hmm. flex the muscles a little bit you know for for this project which is which is like you said it keeps you it keeps you active especially during that downtime
2: yeah it's funny too because it's like even though it's a lot of work going on throughout the day like the days are the days went from long because you just, I get up at 3 in the morning for work, so I'm going to be tired regardless. But now they're, you know, really long. But in a weird way, it's made everything else easier. With Even though you would think like, oh, I'm doing more work, it's going to make my job harder. In a weird sense, it's made it easier because I have to be so focused and so organized and so ready because I need to make sure that I can get my second half of the day going. And it's weird full circle way. It's made me better at my other, at, at my full-time job.
1: So you, you start you start your, the, the full-time job at three. Then what do you figure you wrap at 12 noon, give or take?
2: Yeah. So I, I, I wrap up between 11 and 12, just depending on the day. Uh, and then what I do is I, once I'm done with my job, I get in my car. I work in uh, lower Manhattan and what I'll do is um, I'll drive, go across the Holland tunnel uh, and once I get back to my exit, exit 150, that takes you to Montclair, Bloomfield, or Nutley, turn on the Uber Eats app and uh, and I go from there and see where the day takes us. Typically go between 145 and 3, just depending on how busy the lunch is. Uh, come home, take a little nap, try to go to the gym and then do like a food service at night at Uber Eats from like 5 to 7, 5 to 8. Then I do a nightly email for the show that has all the information for the show for the next day and do it again.
1: Wow. So your, 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 your day is, is, is definitely a long day. Now, now with you doing Uber eats, obviously it's a good, it's been good for just, you know, supplementing your income and keeping you active. Mm -hmm. Now has, has that made it to the point where your, your Uber eats income is something where it's like, well, damn, I, if I, if I did this three days out of the week, I could cover a whole second salary. Like, are you, are you at that stage you feel, or is it just good to have that extra pocket money to play around with?
2: It's, 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 so it's, it's good to have that extra money. Now I'm definitely hustling and I'm doing a lot of hours, but if I don't, I, I could do it full time, but it would be, it would be a lot of deliveries. So for me right now, it's kind of just made everything easier in life. You know, like for example, bills come up, tickets come up and it's just nice to be like, ah. Oh, I can go out and earn $65 today and wipe that right away. Yep. Um, so it just made everything a little bit easier and taking some of the stress off of the everyday crap and life and bills that go on. Um, I would lo- I mean, honestly, I'd love to, if the podcast just exploded or whatever, it just made like a podcast and Uber Eats a full-time job. I think that'd be super cool and exciting. Uh, but you know, right now for me, it's uh, it's just a nice way to make some extra money. And um keep my mind active as well so i've enjoyed
1: all that well you and especially because the way you're structuring it it's almost like you're doing the two the two prime shifts anyway so even if you Mm -hmm. went and did the lunch rush for like you said from one to four and then you did the dinner rush from five to eight you know in in total you know you're basically maybe five six hours combined which isn't bad especially if you're if you're knocking that out and you're doing this what uh full-time five days a week right
2: yeah, so I'm doing this. You know, I used to do it one day more, but now Monday's become uh, my editing day for the podcast. So I was at I was at first I was doing Uber Eats on Monday and editing the podcast and I was like, and, and doing a national show. I was oh, like, my this, this is too much. And I said to myself, now I'm kind of taken away from my podcast. I'm like really tired. So Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday I'll do the runs. Uh, Saturday I take off and then Sunday again I will re-explore it and I haven't done a Sunday yet since football season has started. I started sh- I shouldn't say that I've done Sunday morning but I haven't done a Sunday since football season started because I wanted to keep an eye on that for my job uh, but I'm going to start exploring Sundays during football season because I think in my area in New, in New Jersey it's a lot with of so Giants and Jets fans that it could be it could be an explosive day in terms of making revenue and money, and I think there could be good stories from it
1: too. And on top of that, if if the Sunday is good, then you can scale out another weekday because you know exactly. that Sunday money is guaranteed.
2: Yeah, Sunday money is good because it's um pre like like pre football. Say with Sunday, people order are ordering breakfast, lunch, dinner at all different times. You might have somebody that's at 9 o'clock getting some breakfast, at 2 o'clock getting some breakfast, yep. at 2 o'clock is getting a big Sunday dinner for the whole family. So the rules don't exist as far as times to order, unlike during the week where I really know between 2.30 and 5-ish, it's kind of a dead period for Uber Eats. But once you get on a Sunday, uh, the rules go out the window, and that's great.
1: And and I think that that's if, if that works out for you, especially with Sundays – a lot you have a probability of bumping into more people that are just going to give you more unique stories because, you know, you have right. a couple of guys, they have their friends over at the house for a game. You never know who's going to answer the door.
2: You don't now I've, I've actually like uh, one of my favorite stories was I delivered um, some cookies to a gentleman and it ended up it was going to a hotel and he ordered six cookies. And I was like, who is order? I guess this guy wants like a late night snack or a late early evening snack. I was like, whatever. So I get there, and I ended up realizing that it was it was during the training camp time for the Giants. It was a Giants team hotel.
1: Oh, man. So I ended
2: up delivering to a New York Giant. and he got the cookies, and I walk away, and he comes running back down the hall to get me. So the restaurant screwed up the order. They gave him the wrong cookies, and he was so upset about it, and everything went haywire. So I, a few days later, I reached out to the New York Giants. They invited me to training camp. I went over to training camp and I interviewed him on the field uh, and brought him the right cookie order. So that's phenomenal. Uh, yeah, th- th- that was kind of funny. That And,
1: and, the, and the thing about that, which, which you know, uh, some people listening may not uh, get the ancillary benefit of that, that player's going to remember that interaction because he's going to remember, "Hey, man, you know, this guy did the right thing and helped me out." It, it, people don't understand that little interactions like that, especially in this business, go a long way.
2: Yeah, no, I appreciate that, for sure. And then when I went over to see him, he came over to me because PR staff had informed him, hey, this is the guy coming. He's like, I've been in the NFL for nine seasons. This is the weirdest interview I've ever done in my life. I was like, I bet. I like, I bet. So that was kind of cool.
1: Plus, uh, it also carries over to to your regular job because you could talk about being at Giants training camp.
2: <laughs> yeah, exactly. No, the crossover effect was, was tremendous. So yeah, it was... Uh, it was, definitely, it was definitely a stranger one, but a lot of fun, but yeah, for sure.
1: What's been the most awkward, the most awkward part of, of, uh, of the side gig? Like what's one situation that you're like, wow, I, I, I can't believe this actually happened or.
2: Yeah. You know, the weirdest, the weirdest one was like just that people sometimes have no fear in caring about stuff. And like I mentioned this earlier uh, on with you was I delivered a uh, Burger to this guy, and he came out just in his little underwear, right? And he was like fully exposed in my face, and like I was trying so like like trying not to focus and just like get the food out of the bag. That at the same time, this dog came out of his house and just jumped on me and like scared the crap out of me. Oh, geez. and I, I remember going like, "Oh, are you scared of animals?" I was no, I'm not scared of animals, but I was so laser focused on making sure I wasn't staring at you that this dog like scared me to no ends. And she said, and, and a side note to that is that the big kind of different is that you'll order food and people will forget they order. Oh my like, God. I can't, I can't get over that. Like, they're like, Oh, I, I, I totally forgot about this. I've had this happen. Like not once, probably like five or six times. And I'm saying to myself, if I order food, like, my life is, is tracking when that order is coming. Hell, yeah. I, it, it is shocking to me that someone would be like, I forgot I ordered. I, I can't understand that.
1: That's a that's so trippy to hear that, and and I think that's just because <laughs> it's – you know why? Because we probably still – you probably still call your local, like, Chinese restaurant and order food, and you do that. You know, for anybody who just presses a button on an app and just enters it and keeps right. it moving, I think it's just you lose that connection of that interaction – so you forget mm. that it happens. I mean, that's just right. that's just a, a a theory on my part, but I kind of feel that way because think about it. When you call a, your delivery joint, your pizza joint, and they'll be like, "Hey, blah blah blah, this is Al or whoever," and you yeah. know them because you go there, you'll be like, "Hey, Al, it's blah blah blah. I'm here and I need this."
2: I know. It's, it's uh, you know, it's it's a, it's a very true, very good point. You know, you're interacting with the people, you're you're keeping track of things. Now there's a a phone that says, you know, it reminds you, "Hey, person is eight minutes away." It's like. It just—it really is a weird concept if you think about it. Like I'm going onto my phone, I'm touching a couple of keys, and the next thing I know, I have low main in my house. It's wild.
1: And on top of that, it, and you can correct me if I'm wrong with this, the 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 way that it works is people can essentially order from any place that that service is available. So if somebody wakes up and they say they want Thai food at 10 a.m. and there's a Thai place mm. open, that's what they're ordering, right?
2: Yeah, they can do anything. So it's opened up different avenues to different places. They can go anywhere they want. Uh, And for me, like as the Uber driver, I've actually ended up, I like have relationships now with people at the restaurants, like the the managers and the people at the desk. Like you build these like weird friendships because sometimes you're waiting (laughs) for food and you start talking to people. That's another like unintended consequences. I now have connections at my local restaurants where one guy was like, hey, because we became, became kind of friends. he's actually a Thai restaurant, ironically enough. He goes, hey, bring your wife in on a Saturday. Let me take care of you. I'm like, okay. She's that's like, what's oh, up. That's
1: cool. Now, do you, do you also I get... I happened? that would
2: happen, but all right. You know, I was like, eh, all right. I know the owner of the restaurant now." Like
1: that, that doesn't hurt. I mean, do you get also uh, ancillary content from, from just the people at the restaurant? Like sometimes, you know, you're chopping it up with the manager, you find out he's a football fan or a basketball fan. Does that happen too? Is that an extra perk of the job?
2: Yeah, it is like one of my. It was episode six. I remember. Well, it was called the Stolen Chicken, and I went to a restaurant in my. In, in I live in Bloomfield, New Jersey, but Montclair, New Jersey, is like super close. So that's where I do the bulk of my deliveries, or that's where I start my day because there's high population of restaurants and a good chance I'm going to get some orders. And there's a restaurant there. Uh, I went into the restaurant and there were three delivery drivers, including myself. So there's actually three guys. I all had to wait a little bit because they were kind of backed up. Picked up my order, left, dropped it off. And then came back and got an order to go back to the same restaurant, which is kind of strange to do back-to-back like that, especially for a spot I don't go to that much. It was a little strange, but I was like, hey, you know, it's business. I'm happy about it. I go in there, and the uh, the guy says, you're actually doing one of the orders from before. The guy took the food and never delivered it, just left with me.
1: What the hell? He never
2: <laughs> dropped off the food. Yeah, so he stole this person's order, and he never came back. So the next day, I was like, this is really fascinating. So I went back to the restaurant. And I interviewed the man that was working at at the restaurant that time and we did a full back and forth on what exactly happened. So took his sound, put it in the podcast, and now he's become actually uh he he um subscribes to my podcast and loves it. And he's got kinda like become my friend at this restaurant and I see him all the time and uh he's been on the podcast. I talked to him, you know, uh I talked to him about the stolen chicken. So uh that that's to answer your question. Uh, yes, (laughs) that happened.
1: Now, do you, do you sometimes, um, how do people feel in terms of just anonymity or getting themselves out there? Do they, do they ask you like to not share their name? Do they do any of that or, or are they just so comfortable with it just because it's audio that it doesn't matter?
2: Yeah, that's a good question. So for this example, he did not want to be on video and I said, Hey, don't worry about it. This is strictly just a podcast, but I didn't say his name. I didn't say the restaurant's name. You know, I just set up the story of what happened. Right, uh, I said, "Hey, I'm in a restaurant in Montclair. There's over a hundred restaurants. Uh, so he was he felt good about that. Uh, but you know, it's, it's one of those things where you just kind of have to sense everybody's vibe. Like you'll know, and so far so good. But I'll know, like, okay, this guy doesn't want to play. All right, this guy is kind of having fun. He seems into it. And you just kind of have to recognize. Uh, and when I do drop offs too, sometimes I'll be like, hey, I think I could, if something interesting happened in the delivery, I'll I'll get the idea. Should I talk to him? Should I not? Um, so, you just kind of have to feel it out and get a sense of the person.
1: Okay. I, I ask because, you know, every every place has its weird idiosyncrasies with stuff. And especially you dealing with a lot of the mainstream sports, too. You know, you got to deal with the PR wall and the gatekeeper and don't talk about right. this and don't touch on this. So. So I got to ask, because being out front like that, especially with 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 this side gig and the amount of people you have to interact with in a weekly basis, you know, there's got to be some people like, oh, I don't want my name used or I don't want the restaurant's name. You know, sometimes it works that way.
2: Yeah, no, you, you do, and I haven't run into it yet where somebody has said, hey, don't don't use something or don't do something. So I've been fortunate of, uh, with that. So so far, so good. And I if I. If I go on my podcast and I talk about a story from a restaurant that I think went south or went sour, I'll never reference the restaurant's name. I've not done that once. Uh, if it's a positive order and I'm friends with the guy, you know, I'll say like I'll plug them out on social media and give positive uh, publicity. But I have not yet. If something has happened in a restaurant, I won't mention its name. Uh, I, I don't want to do that. I don't think that's fair from my end. Uh, I think the stories are interesting, but I don't want to put them in bad light if it's just one-time circumstance and that should i should people shouldn't judge their restaurant uh based on just one thing that i saw yep. that maybe
1: yeah I, I usually whenever i go out to eat uh, all you know all joking aside i do the stri- the three strike rule it's like all right mm. uh, something might happen the first time whatever off day second time eh, you know maybe the off day. by the third time I'm like all right if 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 it's the same experience or something close i'm like i can't do it <laughs>
2: Right. No. I mean, no, especially too, like yeah, you're going out to eat. You're spending your hard-earned money. It's like I, I'm, I'm coming here because I want to have a nice time. It's like I'm not spending fifty bucks to you know be stressed out the whole time. It's not worth it.
1: Now, in terms of just looking at the at taking that podcast to the next level, and we were we were talking about this before we started recording. Have like restaurants reached out to you, like to advertise or leverage your your audience for anything locally? Because I've noticed that there's such a huge rise now of people getting more local you know sponsors and stuff like that versus trying to go again uh, unconventional route because that's that's what podcasting is has that happened where you know a restaurant might be like hey you know we did, you know this episode is brought to you by you know Pat's Pat's Chinese restaurant located at blah 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 has that happened or has right. that people approached you
2: that has not happened yet for the restaurant angle that is something, though, I am like working with my wife to figure out. And she's so good at helping me with that side of things. Gotcha. I will say, though, that actually, ironically, on Friday, I had my first person reach out to me that wanted to advertise. It's the local gym that I go to. Nice. And uh, the manager there is listens to my podcast and he likes it so much that he wants to advertise on the podcast. So That's I was phenomenal.
1: Like, Congratulations. Let's do it.
2: I was like, yeah, let's go for it. That's great.
1: That's that and 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 I ask that because you know there's there's the glitz and the glamour of you know editing and getting your voice out there and being a a a a voice you know having people actually hang on your every word but what people don't understand is that you know if you're doing this on the side and you're just doing it as a passion project then hey more power to you but those people that want to uh, you know and this is part of why I do this show uh, just to show people like you can you can do that, you know, maybe you don't have to do the the audible live read or the or the, you know, right. square space. You know, you could go you can niche down and go local.
2: Yeah. And, and like you referenced too, with what I'm doing is I'm going to so many local restaurants and local establishments that if I continue to build these relationships, uh, that's something that that could happen with it. What's also cool with with doing this passion project is because it's with Uber, like I'm doing Uber Eats with it. The way I look at it is because right now I'm not getting paid or anything for doing this. It it costs me money at this time because I'm putting my platform on different areas. It's costing a lot of money, more more than anything at the time. But I look at it like, you know what? Uber Eats, because I'm doing these runs, is paying for my podcast right now. So I'm like, you know what? Even though I'm not making money with it right now, at least I have the income coming in from Uber Eats. So it's kind of like all tying in together.
1: Well, you know what the funny thing is, and, and you can have fun with that too. You could just be like, "Hey, you know, that this this show is brought to you by Uber Eats," you know, like you could kind of right. just play right. with that a little bit. Because again, like you just said, in a, in a roundabout sort of way, that that is that is what's happening. I know, it's
2: crazy. Like, uh, you know. Hell, you should reach out to easy. them and see yeah.
1: if they would be cool I with know. that. That would be hilarious, man, if you could just be like, "Hey, this show is brought to you by Uber Eats," and then who knows, maybe they maybe they like the vibe and you could say, you know, give a promo code and you know, basketball drives is the promo code and they could save like 5% off their order.
2: You know, it's funny you bring up like the promo code thing. So this is another unintended consequence of this is if I, I didn't even know this would happen, but you can, if I send the link out with my promo code and people sign up, I make a little income. So if you do like, you know, Hey, I send out my promo code, somebody does ends up doing 50 deliveries. Cause you can't just sign up and not do deliveries. Right. But if I give out my promo code, you do 50 deliveries. I ended up making money. And I was like, I never really thought of this. Yep. It's but like somebody affiliate, reached out yeah, to me affiliate link. Said, you know, I was going to say somebody reached out to me and they said, hey, I like what you're doing. Do you have a promo code? I was like, do I have a promo code? Maybe. And then I looked and go, oh, I do. And then I said, wait a minute. Let me give out my promo code on my podcast. And now I'm like, I have people that have reached out to me and are using my promo code. So I do like a, right now I have like a fake commercial, but it's a real commercial, on my podcast. And I just give out my promo code. Or anybody that wants to be an uber eats driver and help
1: them out hell yeah see that's that's what i'm talking about and that's exactly the the gem i was looking for you know people mm-hmm. again unconventional it's like it's like hell you didn't even know you had it and then you're like wait a minute this is some extra money and that's what i mean like just I, niching down crazy. You
2: know? no it's cool and i you know i've i've never i've worked i always have worked hard but it's i've never Work not worked made money and that was really really nice like like all I did, like somebody else is working right now I made money on this that was cool like I'm not yep. gonna lie like that was, awesome. yep. it was and, all it really
1: good yeah and 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 the beauty of it is and I and and this is always the big pitch that I always tell people with podcasts it's like this stuff is evergreen you know it lives hmm. on forever unless you know you decide to delete the episode but other than that it it it, it lives on. You know, like somebody somebody in another country may be learning about Uber Eats right now. We you don't know. Right. And that's what people sometimes yeah. uh it becomes like the hard sell where you gotta tell right. a, a potential customer or an interviewer or a or a guest or whatever and you gotta say, listen, you know, whatever you say here may live on for ten, twenty years just because if it's on a platform like iTunes that obviously knock on wood, it's not going anywhere. It's like mm. somebody's gonna be able to hear that message five years from now.
2: Yeah. That's such a good point. And that's why it's like another thing my wife said, she was like, the one thing you have to do more than anything else is you have to be consistent. You have to make sure your podcast Tuesday morning, because that's the day it has to come out every Tuesday. Cause the second you just stop it, you take two weeks here, three weeks there, people will go away. So be consistent and that people will then come back. Cause if someone finds it and likes it and you have 27 episodes on there because you've been consistent, those downloads are going to continue to increase even though those podcasts haven't been released in, you know, a month or two or whatever it might be.
1: Yep. I always tell, I always tell my guys, you know, I'd always tell them on the network, et cetera. I'll tell them, like, listen, man, you know, if you're going to take two weeks off, you know, every week just put out a brief message. Hey guys, you know, just a reminder, we're off for two weeks, but make sure you follow us here or make sure you sign up for this email list or make sure you do X just because it's like people, people like that engagement. It's the same. It's the old, it's the old gag of people like hearing their name, you know? It's the same uh-huh. thing. It's like people like being acknowledged and spoken to and respected. And I think that that's, you know, especially like I said, with what you're doing, it's a one-two punch because you're doing real life interactions, but you're also keeping those stories at the forefront mixed in with those interactions. And I like
2: to add on to that. That's why I like having, it's funny because like as a radio producer, my job is to put my host in the best spot possible to succeed. So it's kind of nice with those skill sets, like. My job as a podcast producer slash host is to put myself in the best position. 100%. And I just like the control of that, which is something I haven't had in a while. So it's like, as a producer, there's only so many things you can do, but when it's your time to go on air. It's your time to go on air. And with the podcast, like I do it all. And I, and I, and I, I miss that. And I, and I really like that control to be like, Mike, every Tuesday, this podcast will be out, you know, obviously stuff happens in and who knows, but you know, I'm going to make sure I can do everything in my power that this will be out there for the consumer
1: there you go i that's a that's a great way to segue into the next part of the of the podcast which is the hot seat it's a series of rapid fire questions uh re, re, you know it could be relative to what you do plus some other stuff as well so we're gonna jump right cool. into it um i'm a, we're, we're gonna start with a nice easy one favorite place to eat in jersey
2: Oh <laughs> uh, um Probably, I'll say um, I like Aki Sushi.
1: Okay, and Bloomfield. where are they?
2: They're in Bloomfield, New Jersey. So the local sushi place down down the road, we deliver from them uh, all the time. It's just very solid. It comes real quick. It's not super expensive, but you know, it's just it's like my comfort my comfort food place.
1: All right, so sushi sushi's your vice, huh?
2: Oh yeah, oh, yeah. I mean, I love it. I'll eat, I'll eat. The only thing I won't eat is eggs. I don't like eggs, but I'll I'll eat anything else.
1: Nice. Now live, living in Jersey all your life, how did you feel about the Nets moving to Brooklyn?
2: I was at first very hurt by it and saddened, but I think ultimately long term for the health of the franchise, clearly it was the right thing to do. They're in a much better spot than they were. Uh but I I did feel a little hurt when they left. It was sad to see them go, but now they've become like a mainstream popular team, so I think it was the it was the right thing ultimately.
1: You know, it, 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 just as a as a side note, it bothers me so much because every team is named after the city. So it should in mm. theory be the New York Nets. Like it bothers me that they've made Brooklyn oh. like its own city. At least for me, like gotcha. I'm weird with that, you know, because it's like New York Mets, New York Yankees, New York Knicks. Right. It should be New York Nets. Like it shouldn't be Brooklyn Nets. Like it's so weird. Yeah. No,
2: that's good that's interesting. I they were so they wanted to brand themselves so differently and find that niche that was unique to them. And um I'm happy about it because I, I don't hate sports teams. Like I'm not like I'm a Mets fan, but I'm like ah, they're the Yankees, whatever. Right. Like the Knicks are the one team that I like raises my blood pressure even thinking about them.
1: Well, you know, you know, it's funny because you know, like uh, growing up, I was a diehard, you know, Bulls fan. You know, Michael Jordan all mm. the way. Sure. But but you know, it, it's like every great Jordan memory for me always ties to the Knicks. So it's yeah. like so it's That's always. Great. Funny. It's always hilarious, like man, dropping the, the the you know dropping fifty at the garden, this and this and this, and sure. even the Knicks had great memories. But the funny thing is, whenever I talk about basketball and how I used to be a huge fan, I always talk about the grittiness of the Knicks. I'm like, the, like I will always say something like, nobody's gonna dive into the stands to grab a ball like Charles Oakley used to do, you know, like which is funny. Oh uh, yeah, yeah. Because yeah. that's no, that
2: no, I know, and that's that's like as, like as a Nets fan growing up they were like for people that outside of the market or whatever, listening. like it's not like the Mets and Yankees where it's like kind of a split. they yep. were like, it's like 99 to 1%. So I would just have this inferiority complex where I just started to hate them so much <laughs> that, you know, you say Charles, like I, like I'm thinking of John Stark with that dunk, making me want to vomit. Yep. Like, like now they had to like make my like Patrick Ewing and his, and his stupid 15 footer, like a, uh,
1: but you know, you know, the, the, know, on the on the same token though, the 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 Nets, you know, nobody, and, and this is what I always I always joke about. Like sometimes I'll I'll break somebody's chops on Facebook. I'm like, listen, man, you weren't watching the Nets when it was like Kenyon Martin and Jason Kidd, and those. you know, what I mean, like, like no, you were. – No, no. Oh,
2: yeah, that's fine. Well, it's funny you said like I told early in this podcast, I followed a uh, followed a player that it was Kenyon. Like I found out where he lived. And that's he cool. His house. And so, that's cool. So yeah, they, uh, sorry, Kenyon.
1: <laughs> but no, it, it, I I bring that up because again, you know, that's, it, it's, it's such a strange thing. And, and you being in the sports market, I figured I'd bring that up. I'm like, I'm like, Brooklyn's not a, a city. It's a borough, you know, yeah, like, like no, it kind of devalues. It, it's like, what are the Mets going to be the Queens met? You know what I mean? Like it just devalues well, I, everything. I know
2: because like, 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 let's say the Nets and Knicks are playing each other and you're in that game. You, you can't, New York sucks. Because then you're like, well, wait a minute. I'm in New York. So right. I, like, what, what do you even say
1: here? Ex- exactly. And then, of <laughs> course, you know, when Brooklyn moved over, everybody automatically became a, a Nets fan because obviously, but you know, people that live in Brooklyn or represent Brooklyn, yeah. they go like real the extra mile. They go hard with it. And I'm just like, listen, man, like, mm. like, like it's a New York <laughs> team. Like, it's not, I know, Brooklyn's it's not weird, its own planet. <laughs> right, right, right. Exactly. There you go. Um. Favorite piece of tech besides your phone and your computer?
2: Uh, my earbuds, my head, my my headphones.
1: Nice. Just are they just regular earbuds that you have, or are they specialty it, ones?
2: They they're uh, o-, o-, o T M headphones. They were like twenty bucks on Amazon. At um, I could not. Those are like the one piece I need because when I'm doing Uber each drives. They connect to my phone, so I'm listening to podcasts, listening to my GPS. Uh, I love these things. I would be like I had a pair that fizzled out. Like I was, I didn't have one for a week. I was like devastated. So uh, I love these things.
1: Nice. Are you? Do you listen to music while you're while you're driving doing your shift?
2: I do. I listen to probably uh, during the weekday a lot of music. On the weekends, sports radio to help me get caught up on stuff. But right. on the weekdays, I'm like, uh, if all I've heard today is sports. I need something else. So I'll do a lot of. I like I like uh, top forty music. So nice. I listen to a lot of top
1: 40. Who's your uh, who, who's uh, your your favorite sports personality minus the guys you work with? Uh and Eagle. Right. Um, I love Ian. you know, now obviously we we jump around and we talk a little bit about toys on here too. What was uh your favorite toy growing up?
2: Uh it would be Lego, uh not Lego. Brio uh toy. It was like Brio's like these um train tracks that went together and yep. Ghostbusters uh anything Ghostbusters toy related. If it was having uh backpack um having the figure the figurines uh but i would say the the backpack having it on with the um with the gun was like the coolest thing
1: oh yeah you know you know it's it's funny because there's a um out here there's like a cosplay troop that does ghostbuster stuff and like to see like people <laughs> cool. and like to see like somebody built like you know a full big functioning proton pack it just trips me out oh, so my much God.
2: That
1: is crazy. Yeah, they, um, no, not that. yeah, I think they're the, I think they are called the New York Ghostbusters. And though they did was they took a, uh, one of the Subaru station wagons and painted it up like Ecto one. Oh.
2: oh my God. Yeah. It's pretty, That's it's wild. pretty
1: awesome. Yeah. It's pretty awesome. Like when they do like, uh, like cons out here or, or, or cons in long Island, like they'll pull up, they'll have the, right. they'll park it outside and they'll take photos and and stuff. So it's pretty, oh, it's cool. pretty cool. But yeah, seeing like a yeah, first, Ghostbusters, the best. Absolutely, the, the like I said, the, seeing like a full on proton pack that somebody built, I'm like, this is so great! <laughs> oh my goodness, I'm like, how much time goes into doing something like that? It must Man, be Man, it's 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 insane. Um, yeah. So the the next part, we got a few more to wrap up. Uh sure. What's something that you've purchased recently that's less than a hundred dollars that's made your life either more easier or more enjoyable? Ooh, um,
2: hmm, less than a hundred dollars. Definitely those headbuds I referenced. Those were. Those were 20 bucks. Um, I would have to say probably these slip on shoes. I like these sketchers. They've just from doing the driving and they're comfortable and uh, they've kind of made bopping from restaurant to restaurant driving around easier. So I would say my comfortable shoes have helped.
1: All right. Last one. What's your what's your long term goal with the with the podcast? Where would you like to be if I reached out to you a year from now?
2: I would like to um, be on a, on a network. I mean, that's probably a year from now that might be tough, but I would like to, I would like to, I like to kiss. you know what, I'll keep it more simple. I just want to continue to grind and have people, just have the people keep listening to it, liking it, enjoying it and getting it uh, uh, just more notoriety and building to where I ultimately want it to be, where it is um, a podcast that is recognized nationally and is one that people are downloading and enjoying uh that would be the ultimate goal with that but for now for a year just continue to build it up and uh people listening to
1: it all right okay and the last one which is uh what we like to call reach one teach one we like to give people something actionable to close things out um if somebody's looking to start a podcast or even get into uh you know delivering for Uber Eats what's one piece of advice you'd give them
2: uh for doing a podcast i would say um as i mentioned before something a consistency, making sure that you're always doing it and make sure that it's about something you're passionate about and really like, um, like I said before, I, I always wanted to do a podcast, but I didn't know what and I needed to find that voice. So if there's something that you feel passionate about, go for it. I say, do it, you know, and, and, be all in don't, um, don't do an episode, wait for, uh, so find your passion, what that might be and just go for it. And don't care if what people think, what people say, uh, be all in on it.
1: Nice. And, um, if somebody wanted to start working with Uber Eats, what do you think? Should, should be uh, well, something Of they... course,
2: you can find my promo code if you want to do that. That's super easy as well. And, um, I, it's the, you know, I would say just, it's not that tough to do. The hardest part of it is, I would say just once you get locked into Uber Eats, you do it, you obviously you need a car and all that stuff, but just, just smile to people. Like when you drop off food for them just smile and, and make sure that you're polite and the rest will take care of itself.
1: A hello goes a long way.
2: It does like, Hey, hi, Josh. I hope was everything. Here you go. You know, like it's, it's crazy, but little things like that help. And especially when tips are such a major part of Uber Eats, it's okay to, it's okay to be nice.
1: There you go. All right. Well, with that, I think that's a great way to wrap things up. Uh, if people wanted to find out about your show and keep up with you on social, where could they find you? Absolutely. So
2: it's Basketball Drives with Mike Passeglia. I'm pretty active on Twitter, which is Mike B Ball Drives. Um, also, my Facebook page, uh, Basketball Drives with Mike Passeglia, and on there, I uh, I've taught myself how to do some cool little videos that I make, little montages of things uh, from the road. So. There you get snippets of my stories. You also get full episodes of the podcast, and uh, all the content is there. So uh, it's free and available for everybody to listen to my wild stories from the road and uh, me chasing down former NBA stars.
1: <laughs> and with that, Mike, I want to thank you for sharing the toys and tech of your trade.
2: Absolutely. Thank you so much for having me on. That A lot of fun.
1: That wraps up our interview with Mike Biseglia. to find out more about Mike Biseglia and his podcast basketball drives with Mike Biseglia, Make sure to check out the show notes for this episode, as we will have links to keep up with the show, subscribe to the podcast and also keep up with Mike as well. One thing I do want to say uh, before we wrap up, uh, This show is proof positive that you don't need a fancy studio space. You don't need a microphone that costs hundreds of dollars to create your content, share your voice with the masses, and just get your brand out there. All you need is, you know, in the words of Jimbo Slice, two hands in a heartbeat, and definitely Mike embodies that. So again, if you're on the fence, want to launch a podcast Um, want to get into a side gig, just, just go out there and do it. You know, even if you, even if you stumble or you fail or whatever the case it may be, I don't, don't look at it as failure. Just look at it as a lesson. We'll be back with a brand new episode of toys and tech of the trade in two weeks. If you're interested in being a guest on a future episode, you can email me rich at rageworks.net or you can use the contact form on the site, whether it's on the rageworks site or on the podcast network site. As always, we're back to the new, uh, well, we're back to our old, I should say, uh, release schedule bi-weekly every Wednesday. And you can find us on your podcast platform of choice. No need to list them all out. And with regards to social media, you can find us pretty much on any social media platform. Uh, Just look up Rageworks or some combination thereof. And links to our social will be in the show notes for this episode. Thank you guys for checking it out. We'll see you guys in two weeks. Peace.
0: Hey, I'm Kayla. As a mom working from home, life is crazier than ever, especially on days like these. But I'm still ruling my day thanks to Metro. Metro gave me an awesome phone and tablet. Now my son can get his homework done on the tablet without needing to borrow my laptop. Plus, with Metro, Amazon Prime is included, so I can access great deals and discounts on School Essentials. And get them delivered in no time with unlimited free shipping. All while keeping an eye on my son to make sure he finishes his online practice tests before he starts watching his favorite Amazon originals. Right now, get a new phone and tablet on us when you switch to Metro, the number one brand in prepaid. Plus, enjoy high-speed data on both devices with one Amazon Prime membership included for just $75 a month. Metro by T-Mobile. Rule your day. I'm Kayla, and that's how I rule my day with Metro. With new lines of service after rebate redemption plus
2: sales tax and activation fee. Offer valid for new Amazon Prime members on select rate plans. Amazon Prime has a twelve ninety nine a month cost. Restrictions apply.